Blue Wire. Welcome to episode 34 of That's What Bee Said. We are thrilled tonight to be joining you again live um, on a Tuesday. I am joined by my fellow co-host, uh, Miss Brittany Mollis at Bird's Eye View. Hey, Britt. Hello, everyone. We've got Meredith Kane underneath her on the square. Meredith, how are you? Hi. So on mine, I'm underneath you. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> reversed. I'm sorry. I was looking at our Zoom call. This is weird. Uh, and then we've got a special guest tonight, uh, Miss Caitlin. You guys know her on Twitter as at Caitlin Knows Klee. Uh, she's probably one of our favorite follows. Um, she gives us the She best, is our favorite follow. Yeah. Gives yeah. us the best feedback after our live podcast. So we figured we had to get her on, talk about a lot of things that are going on in the sports world. Caitlin, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for, uh, thank you for the invite. Yeah, of course. Anytime. We, we, you know, we're going to get into some tougher topics tonight, but, you know, we started this podcast to elevate women's voices in a sports setting and platform. Uh, and, you know, we, we haven't been as overt in saying that, but in the recent weeks and particularly week last week, there's been a lot happening uh, in the sports world when it comes to women and and people's perceptions of where they belong or don't belong in sports. And Washington's football team, I'm not going to even call them Ugh. their former name. <laughs> Doesn't it feel uh, dirty calling them that now? Yes. Like, you know, growing up, you never thought like about fits, it. You know? Yeah. yeah. But like this past week, I, you know, you see it in the news and stuff. And all of a sudden, like the thought of saying that, you're just like, Ugh. Exactly. Well, like you did it for so long. It's so weird. Thanks. Yeah, it is. So it is really weird. Uh, but Washington, uh, some some tea was spilled late last week about the football team. There were 15 plus allegations of sexual harassment, misconduct reported by women in various roles within the organization. Um, and while Dan Snyder wasn't directly um, implicated, a lot of people in his inner circle were. So we wanted to touch on that um, a bit and just give our thoughts because here's the thing, you guys. A lot of sports radio, sports talk out there is all from a male's perspective. If you tune in on any local radio in the Cleveland market, you are getting their thoughts, their opinions on things that they've never probably experienced in their life. So we're happy to actually share our own experiences, our own opinions and thoughts on this coming from the female perspective because that's why we have this podcast. So I'm going to kick it over to you wonderful ladies to hopefully get your thoughts. Uh, I can't wait to have this open dialogue, and I can't wait to see people chiming in in the comment sections. Brittany, I'm going to kick it over to you first. Are you sure you can't wait to see people in the comments? <laughs> You're right. Actually, I have to monitor those comments because if it's anything like Twitter was these last few days, like everyone's getting the block, just saying. Oh, my God. Toxic. Right? Like, yeah, Twitter has been... <sighs> And, and this happens every time there's some kind of um, sexual assault story, domestic violence. Uh, I mean, we saw this surrounding Kareem Hunt. We saw this surrounding Courtney Smith. Uh, you see this surrounding Greg Hardy, like every, uh, Tyreek Hill. Every time a story like this comes out, the, the Dales get super toxic mm -hmm. and this time has been no different. No, I remain like I tried to stay out of it a little bit. I was quiet when, you know, Bree, you tweeted something last week and you sort of got attacked for it. Yes. Um, and there were I don't even know how many comments, but it was just, you know, you got bombarded. So I looked at that and I was like, you know what? I just don't know if this is even worth me getting into. Yeah. But then I took the step because, of course, I can't just let you take all of it on your own. <laughs> I appreciate that. And I tweeted, you know, people are always like, oh, well, you, you can't just put women in charge of things just because they're women. And this is something that somebody commented to you mm -hmm. to a response to something that you said. And I said, well, why not? They've been doing it for men since the beginning of, like, literally time. Yep. Right? Like, that's, that's a fair thing to say. I'm not And let me just get something very clear here. I don't by any means hate men obviously like my two favorite people are my dad and like joe biden so <laughs> 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 like i love men 
I have two man friends, okay? <laughs> um, so what I did from that, and it was in the rundown, we're going to go through some of our favorite responses, because this is just like a little taste of what happens, you know, regularly. So when I tweeted that, um, should I call them out by their ats, or is that giving yes, too much? Yes, this is our show. Okay, yeah, let's do what call you them want. out. Okay, so at sickroy6. <laughs> Agreed. We put them in charge of plenty. The cooking and the cleaning and the diaper changing, and they knock it out of the park every time. Um, at Wait, Dude is that Ohio. A compliment? No, it's not. I a mean, that's, <laughs> that's like one of those like passive aggressive. No, like, jokes on you, dude. I don't cook. Yeah, I was about to say diapers. <laughs> He's so. literally never, like I had to babysit once a few right. years ago for a friend, and his daughter I think was like two, so she was still in the potty training phase. And I wound up having to change her diaper at some point during the night. And it was such a terrible experience because I did not know what I was doing. And like when he and his wife got home, he was like, oh God, I am so sorry. Here, let, let, let me show you. Yeah. Um, so this is another one. Why are you going to let it dictate what you do with your life? Nothing is given. Everything is earned. Remember. And you know what one of my biggest pet peeves is? Is when people say something so absurdly stupid and they think they're being very wise and profound. Yes. Like that drives me crazy. Because this guy sent this tweet off and, and this is that dude Ohio guy. You know that he's just sitting there like, oh, I really owned her. And it's like, shut up, bro. Um, wait, wait, funny story about him. Yeah, I, I think he actually deleted his responses to my tweets. I, I couldn't find them today. Uh, and... And his tweets to me were something along the lines of like women and men shouldn't actually be playing the same sports, which I, I read that and I was like, no, no, and no. I literally, I didn't even give any additional context. I just said like, no, like everything about what you were saying, just no. And I think he was mad because I didn't elaborate, but I was also in a work meeting. So like, mm. guys, like, let me just rewind for a minute. Wait, you work for a living? I work for a living. This is not our <laughs> Are you allowed job. to do that? This, this, no. You it's have like, a vagina, Brie. You're, you're allowed to work? You're supposed okay. to stay in the kitchen and Guys, change diapers, Brie. I'm going to whisper this. I'm the breadwinner. Whoa. No. Uh, uh, oh. oh, no. How dare you? <laughs> the audacity. Right? I mean, how dare I? How dare I? Uh, okay, but anyway, so Dude Ohio deleted, I think, all of his comments back to mm -hmm. me, and he ended up messaging me, DMing me, and essentially giving me this long spiel about how what we do is great, go after, get sponsors, like, just, like, almost the completely opposite of how he was coming across in his responses, and part of me was like, you should just not respond to me that way, or at least be supportive in public. Right. No, they won't do that. Fine. Also, this guy's been in my DMs too. And let me tell you, his DMs were not like that. <laughs> and I wanted to blast him. I was sitting there with Jenna the night that he did this. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, hey, Jenna, look at this. He said something totally inappropriate. And I was like, I'm, I'm about to just blast him. So I just did here. So there you go, dude, Ohio. Mind your business. Um, next. And I thought that this was a very interesting comment. I wanted to see how you guys, it's not like mean. So this was refreshing, sort of. Um, he said, when my dad was VP of his company, he said we, he always wanted to hire women because they were so used to having to work harder to prove that they were worthy of the same opportunities that they worked circles around men in every instance. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what I've always said about, you know, just women in sports in general and, you know, my job and any job in sports is that we have to work... 10 times harder. We have to be 10 times smarter. We have to be just 10 times more everything than the man next to us just to be seen as an equal, mm -hmm. you know? So it's, you know, if a guy comes in and, and does a job and he does, does it adequately, like we have to go above and beyond that same job for someone to look at it and say, okay, well that's, you did a good job. Like Good job, Meredith. You did a good job. You did, you know, the same same level of work as dude bro next to you, even though what I did was probably 10 times better. Like, that's just the nature of this job. And I'm not saying like within the company, because I will say this for my coworkers and my boss, they're very respectful and I'm very, very grateful. Like there's a reason I've been at my radio station the longest in Cleveland that I have of any other radio station I've ever worked for. Like there's a reason for that. 
Um, I'm talking about like the people who view the content on the outside. So for those of us women who talk about sports on Twitter, who work in Twitter, who or excuse me, not work in Twitter, but work in sports, like everything we do, like has to be ten times better than the, than than a dude to get a seat at the table. Because like the one thing that we all experience is like you say, oh, I like sports. Oh, you oh you like sports, do you? Well, what was the blood type of the backup goalie <laughs> of the Edmonton Oilers in 1974? Yeah. Like, dude, dudes don't get that. Like, dudes don't get quizzed. We yeah, don't get exactly. quizzed every time yep. we talk about how we like sports. Yeah. Or one of my favorite things is you only like sports because of hot men. Yes. You want to get attention of men. Yes. Because everything we do revolves around men. Yo. Right. Clearly. Kaylin, I'm, I'm curious here. You've been pretty quiet thus far. <laughs> no, I was just letting you guys, you know, do your thing. I, I, yes, but we, listen, we could go on and on and on about this. I want to make sure we hear your experience too, because like people hear from the three of us like week in and week out. I know you have your own podcast um, that you just started actually not that long ago, yeah, um, yeah, Crunch Time with Caitlin. So I'm sure you've experienced maybe some of this yourself um, over the last few months and probably longer than that. Yeah, um, maybe, like, when I first started Twitter, because, like, when I first started on Twitter, I was just, like, one of those, like, generic, like, Cleveland sports accounts, because, like, I didn't want to get, like, the hate, because, you know, I was a female talking about sports. Yep. Um, but really, with, with my podcast, I really, everything's been super positive, and which I'm extremely grateful for, you know, um, it's not just, it's not just me, it's the, you know, my friends who've been guests and who know what they're talking about, whether it's like my buddy Derek, who, who's on uh, when we talk about the UFC or something, or, uh, you know, just today I had my buddy Alex and we just nerd out about baseball for two hours. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's, it's, it's weird because you guys, I, I see the hate all the time when, when it comes to you guys, but I'll be honest, I don't get that hate. At one point I did like early on in Twitter, mm -hmm. but like, I mean, it's been years. So I just assumed they either blocked me because I, I clapped back or, you know, you know, it's like they, you know, it just doesn't show up on their, uh, on their timeline, I guess. But it's just like, it's, it's very like heartbreaking because like, you just want to see people just enjoy. Like one of the comments was, I think I responded to you guys was like, imagine being mad at something that you guys want to talk about on your own podcast. Yes. Right. It's like, mm -hmm. it's like, if you're, if you're that upset, like just create your own. It's super easy. Yeah. If you want a different perspective, <laughs> like go do it. Or don't, don't listen. listen. Yeah, exactly. Don't listen. Yay, Caitlin. It's, it's and I mean, you know, like to your point about, you know, the, the Cleveland media, you know, I I legitimately don't listen to anything anymore. Really, I swear the only sports podcast I listen to is you guys. And Aww. one of the reasons why I kind of got back into doing a podcast because I did it back in I think it was like 2015, 2016, and then I, and then I just stopped. Um, but it was just because like I wanted more sports, but like I wasn't gonna listen. I wasn't gonna turn on the radio. No offense to to Meredith and 923, <laughs> because you know I, you know I'm a big fan of Ken Carmen and and Anthony Lyman and all them. But it's just like I just it's all the rehashed takes. Mm -hmm. It's like everything's the same. You already know what they're gonna talk about. So it's just like you know, where do you find a, a different perspective? Maybe it's the same answer, but how do you get to that same answer? Yeah. Is, you know, mm -hmm. that's what I think it's, it's valuable. So like a podcast like yours and, and a lot of others I see on Twitter, you know, I always try to give a listen to. I, I personally think the Dales are afraid of you because you know more about sports than oh, yeah. anybody. <laughs> so I feel like Caitlin yeah. would just blow everyone out of the water. Yeah, and I think that's what it comes down to is because they know that if they try to come at you with sports knowledge, like you're going to emasculate them 10 times to Friday and they just don't I think you should that. really just start doing that. So, okay, Caitlin, <laughs> yeah. I have a strategy for you, okay? So just start like tweeting out like super hot takes, like scolding takes. And then these guys are going to like latch on you and be like, oh, I don't know, talk about And then you blast them with all your knowledge. <laughs> now retweet the shit out of it. <laughs> like six that deal. Well, it is it is funny because like even, you know, it, it happened a, a couple of weeks ago. I I was uh I was camping and I was uh introduced to um the head guy of a, a Browns backers organization. And literally, like, how I was introduced was, 
she knows her shit and like I was kind of tested and then next thing you know it's like Ugh. oh yeah you know nice. Austin Hooper's kind of good oh yeah David Njoku you know I don't really know why he wants to get traded and then I like blast him with the well Stefanski runs two tight end sets 60 something percent of the time and his own blocking scheme is you know so good for, her. for uh, Nick Chubb and you know like just stuff like that. It's like, all right, you're gonna test me. All right, bet. Like, I got you. <laughs> yes. we, should, we should start doing that for our guy friends. Like every time we introduce him, be like, hey, this is my friend Joe. He really knows what he's talking about when it comes to baseball. Oh yeah. We should yeah, start exactly. Doing that. Like, what, like, do you have to preface that? Like, what is? Why is it so surprising? Uh, Brittany, were you done with your callouts? Because I just I wanted to make sure that we got to the full amount of the callouts. Those were the highlights, I think. Okay. Um, you know, I just don't want to waste any more time on terrible people. <laughs> I know. Well, you know, the, the last thing that I will say with that is I was, I was sharing with you guys right before we started that we were putting together the rundown, going over the topics of conversation, and Brittany had put in there what reactions did we get? Were they good? Were they bad? And I told them I was rereading all of the comments that I got on my tweet, and my tweet was just saying flat out there needs to be more women in leadership positions within mm. professional sports leagues and and you can take out professional sports leagues from that by the way like we could just say there needs to be more women leadership just in general I think the world would be a much better place companies would be a much better place and that for whatever reason was a hot button and I was getting a lot of comments of justifying like women of course women can be in leadership positions if they mm -hmm. earn it or if they deserve it. I don't want to give any handouts out. And someone had responded to, to me and said, why don't you do something about it instead of just talking about it? And doing something though. Right. <laughs> so, so, and there were like three like back-to-back -back comments of like essentially urging me to do something versus just tweeting about it. And that's what this podcast is. Like that, that is exactly what we are doing. Like we felt there was a void in the market. We felt like a lot of topics weren't being covered the way we wanted to listen to them. So we created this podcast. And oh, by the way, like sometimes we're funny. Sometimes we laugh about things. We make fun of ourselves. Like, yes, we can talk about sports. We, we also have personalities. Like this is who we are. We're not going to be just a robot that's going to feed you the same information that you can get by tuning into any other radio station out there. Like we want to be authentic to who we are and I'm not going to change to fit your mold. So let's just be very clear on that. Like we collectively on this podcast are not doing this to please you. We are doing this for ourselves because I was in a bad mood before coming on this show and this show makes me in a much better mood. So just let us live. Let us live. Also, I will say, like, I will say to, to an extent, tweeting about it is doing something yes. because it is bringing awareness to the problem. It's, mm. and one of the solutions is hire more women in leadership roles, which is exactly what Washington's NFL team did today. They put a woman in charge of their broadcast team, which yes. is outstanding. Yeah. But like, that's sort of like what it is. Like, that's one of the reasons why people are constantly tweeting about Breonna Taylor, because as long as her name is still trending, it's reminding people that the, that the police who murdered her still haven't been arrested. You know, like yes. that's like, so to an extent, tweeting is doing something about it. It's one of many things that we can do. And it's one of many things that we are doing. Yeah. So I think to maybe put a positive spin on this, because that's what we do. We are positive here. We like to be positive, uplifting. Uh, I wanted to just go around and ask, ask you ladies, like who, what are the stories that you've had any women in sports or in your life that have had a positive influence or a positive impact on you that you just want to kind of talk about, give props to, uh, because it's important that we continue to share what we are inspired by. So Kayla, I'm going to kick off with you first. Oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> no um i think when it comes to sports you know someone like um you know uh doris burke i yep. mean when you just when you just Go see her she's, she's she's the best she's the best she and then you know growing up uh like cheryl miller on tnt for a long time yep um you know just just like in the media right now aditi kikabwala i think yeah. she's fantastic too um even even uh i know some people don't really like her but uh uh Figure Jessica Mendoza from mm -hmm. baseball to uh, Sunday yep. Night Baseball. Mm -hmm. I, I really think the issue with, with that was, I mean, the, the, the 
three-man broadcast team with her and A-Rod and like then you got the play-by-play guy trying to do his thing it's just like too many cooks in the kitchen really but um but yeah I think off the top of my head you know those handful I mean they, they do a great job and you know definitely someone you I think a lot of people could look up to yeah Meredith what about you so it's hard because I mean just about every woman who is doing something in this industry yeah. is a hero of mine um but for the longest time I was always behind the scenes um especially when I first started out and the first time that I felt really inspired to want to get in front of a microphone and not just be the producer behind the scenes was um when Katie Nolan was still doing her show on Fox Sports it was um Garbage time, yeah. Garbage time, yes. Oh my God, that show is so good. I totally forgot about her, but yeah, she's amazing. Her show is hilarious. Yeah, so she was doing her show on Garbage Time. It was at like one o'clock in the morning on Wednesdays or something like that. I used to DVR it and it was always funny and it was always lighthearted. And then there was that situation that came out with Greg Hardy and, you know, him essentially beating and abusing his girlfriend and throwing her on a bed of guns. And then Jerry Jones coming out and calling him like a leader of men. And it was just absolutely disgusting and so Katie had this like eight minute monologue just tearing apart the Cowboys tearing apart Greg Hardy and tearing apart Jerry Jones and I had just broken into the sports industry at that point like that was I was very very green at that point and I remember watching that monologue and watching her and saying like okay like I want to be like her like I want to I want to be unafraid the way she is, I want to be as bold and as brash as she is, and I want to speak about things that matter the way she does. So Katie Nolan was one of the first people who really, truly inspired me. And then I'm also very inspired by Amy Trask because she yes. has held she has held a high position with the Oakland Raiders. She currently holds a high position with the NFL, and nobody talks badly <laughs> to that woman or about that woman. And if you do it'll be the last thing you ever do. Like she takes no shit from anybody and she is the sassiest woman I've ever had the pleasure of talking to and I love her. Love she's, and she's so nice. Yeah, like on she Twitter, is. she says hi to everyone. Yeah, everyone. she does. I've been, so I've been mentioned in like these groups with her probably like six or seven times now. And like, she always responds to these people. And she's always <laughs> like, oh, and hi everyone. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, what an angel. She's incredible. Brittany, Miss Britt. You know who I just loved? And, like, she was one of the reasons why I even wanted to get into, like, you know, when I was in college, I went for journalism, and I wanted to be a sports reporter. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be on the sidelines. And I adored, and still do, Erin Andrews. Oh, yeah. I just have loved her since the – I can't even – I can't tell you enough how much I loved her. Um, Because, you know, she was this – beautiful girl she had blonde hair and me like young I'm like yeah like I could see me doing that because look at her she's doing it and she does such a good job um so she was my favorite but now I want to you know you got into um Katie Nolan and you have this new group of like young female talent of like Katie Nolan and Sarah Spain and um like they bring such personality yes and I think like that's the new like key to success in this because obviously you know they get a lot of trolls they get a lot of hate but there's something to be said for people who and you see it a lot with women who aren't afraid to put their personality out there you know what I mean um you know with men they don't really I wouldn't say they don't really have to as much but you know it's sort of like a, a new pathway for women like okay you know yeah you know sports but what makes you different than anyone else who knows sports so you have this new brand I say that with air quotes brand of women who are just you know fearless and they'll put themselves out there and they'll you know lend you something personally and like I admire and respect that so much and you know those new girls I love them and I think they're fabulous of course Aditi she's my queen yeah I've yeah. been trying to get her to come to Cleveland for like two years now <laughs> I, know. <laughs> I know yeah that needs to happen uh I, I would have to agree with a lot of of your list the one that I just absolutely love um is Kay Adams I, I love mm-hmm. the fact that she has a show on the NFL network 
She holds her own with all of the men at the table. She has a personality. And I'm with you, Brittany, on that. Like, I am very much attracted to who the person is, Mm -hmm. Um, as much as I am about their sports knowledge. You know, to me, like, that is, I think, the one thing that, that makes having these women, like, on these shows, like, that much more interesting to watch because we get to see who they are. And not that men don't have personalities. I just feel like for women, like, this is essentially like you have to have a personality to make it unfortunately yeah. like yeah. your smarts just isn't enough to cut it and and we've talked a little bit about that and then i think locally um ali clifton i really really loved when she oh, was yeah. covering the calves um mm-hmm. you know i'm raising a daughter and she watches sports with me and i try to always point out the women that she sees, whether it's on a broadcast, whether it's on the sideline reporting, whether it's them playing. Um, I want to make sure that she sees like, it's not like, like women can play sports. They can, they can have a job in sports. They can be coaches. Um, and she just immediately took to Allie Clifton. Like she was obsessed with LeBron James and then it was like Allie Clifton. Um, so that to me was just like, okay, like I love that she loves Allie and sees, sports happening and loves watching them, but also gets to see someone do this as a job. So that was really cool yes. for me. So That's awesome. she will always be one of my faves. Sad to see her go, but I like Angel too. And, and Layla has um, latched on to Angel as well. Yes. So. Angel's fabulous. Oh, she's a sweetheart. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, this was good. I liked, I liked how we turned this into a positive light. There's a lot of really good comments um, on Periscope. People are saying everyone loves Amy Trask, Katie Nolan, uh, Jessica Mendoza, Aaron Andrew. Like everybody's agreeing pretty much. Um, so that's, it's good to see that. Everybody... You know, what's great that I've noticed we get like a lot of individual hate for like our own, you know, what we are, but like on the <laughs> podcast, a lot of people seem to genuinely like the podcast. Yeah, so, I agree. You know, yes. You yes. don't get a whole lot of hate about the actual content that we put out yeah. in a podcast form. It's just like, they hate us personally, which well, yeah. that's fine. Someone will always yes. find something. If you're going to hate us, you're going to always find something to hate. You know, yes. we could be we could be doing the best job ever and someone will hate the way that our, they would hate the fact that Brittany has bluish blonde hair. Like, <laughs> so, I mean, we could, we could be doing a podcast about being in the kitchen and changing diapers and they'll still find a yes. way to hate on it. Exactly. <laughs> Why'd you use Pampers instead of Huggies today? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, all right, guys. So speaking of um, the NFL, sports, Browns, we, get, we have some things to cover uh, when it comes to that field. Um, so there's a lot going on. And you talk about the power of social media and what impact it has, like a single tweet. On Sunday, I don't know if you guys caught this. I'm sure you guys did. Um, we want to play was trending. Hashtag we want to play was trending. And it was coming directly from NFL players. Uh, obviously Browns players were associated with this hashtag and this was really just all talking about player safety and the NFLPA um, not really agreeing with NFL saying that there weren't rules and regulations that were outlined for them they didn't feel like uh, things were set in place for them to be able to start and essentially saying they want to play and they want to give us a season but they didn't feel like anything happened the way it should have um, I did just see before we came on tonight that they did agree to zero preseason games. So that is that is one of the things that they were having a disagreement on. But mm-hmm. I think the most important thing out of all of this is the NFL had, what, five months to figure this out? Oh, my God. And it took them this long. Like, we've been griping about the MLB, but, like, come on, NFL, do better. What have they been doing? Like, they've just been si- – I think they really thought that it would just go away Low on over. Yes. yes. Yeah, and they're like, oh, oh we don't have to – but, like, 100%, even so, you're, yeah. like, a billion-dollar, you know, franchise. You should have, like, plans A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Like, all of them. You have enough people. You have the brains. You have the money, the resources. Yeah. Figure this out. Don't wait until, like, three days before a player is supposed to report and be like, all right, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> the, on your own. The, the one thing that the NFL had that nobody else did was time. And they exactly, it. <laughs> you know, because they probably sat there and thought like, because, you know, it's back in March and they're looking at this and saying like, okay, well, the draft is in April and they figured out how to do it virtually. And that was a really positive thing. And it, that gave people a lot of hope and everything that the NFL needed to do outside of OTAs um, and rookie camp, which would have occurred 
like a month ago or something like that. Mm-hmm. Outside of that, everything they've been able to do, they were able to do it virtually. And I think they were probably just sitting there with their feet crossed, hoping that things would have been solved by now. But they like got a little bit better and then they got exponentially worse. And instead of going through and saying like, okay, well, here's what our contingency plans should be. They were just like, well, maybe by August, the virus won't be here anymore. And we can just have, you know, 400 people in the building sweating on each other. Well, I don't know know if you've seen, like, I saw a quote saying that they were, they wanted to use the, uh, the quote unquote honor system when it comes to social distancing and making sure everybody was tested. It's just, Completely ridiculous. That the honor system. The honor this system. is why you need women in leadership. Like women get shit done. We just nope. do. And we do it in a very short amount of time, mind you. Yes. Exactly. Put women in charge of everything. Why are we wasting time <laughs> not doing this? <laughs> I love the honor system. Like that is oh that God. yeah. That's Okay, they need, like some um, juvenile stuff there. They need, so the NBA in the bubble, and I know we'll get into the NBA in a little bit later in the podcast, but I found this out, I didn't realize this, that in addition to the snitch line for people who are breaking protocol, there is an app that the reporters, the players, everyone in the NBA bubble, whether they're participating or reporting, they get an app where they can snitch on everybody. So they have a snitch app. And I, I want to see that. I want to see that in every sport, man. Like, I want to see it in baseball. I want to see it in football. Like, if they see someone out, you know, going to the Walgreens when they should be staying <laughs> home. They should be going to the bar, Meredith, not Walgreens. <laughs> you know, maybe they need to go to the Walgreens for other reasons that you can't get at a bar, okay? Another thing that women would be really great at is spying on very true can you imagine like i cannot i won't get into all the creepy stuff that i have done on social media to like spy on people because (laughs) wow none of you would ever look at me the same but trust me i do it pretty often like i know things about pretty much everyone but like can you imagine like oh you know there's all kinds of like little maps and stuff that you could like Never mind. I'm not even, I'm that. I'm done. I'm done. I know. I know. I'll, like, I'm concerned. Well, I'll, like, Brittany knows who my childhood best friend was from the third grade because exactly. she's that good of a I know everything. <laughs> I know things because I'm a giant a, creep. I wonder if there's a financial uh, incentive to snitching on people, too. Ooh. There's got to be, right? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, it's well, either you're, you're snitching on your, your teammate or your, or, or your friend, you get a little bonus. Yeah, exactly. Well, I think the like the the situ- the the situation is you just get to play because if someone like breaks the bubble True. and they bring COVID yeah, in, because that's what happened with that's what happened with the MLS. Like COVID got in the bubble and two teams had to pull out of the tournament. So like that would be the incentive right there because if the rest of the season gets canceled, so does your paycheck. Although so. oh, the other thing I just saw, NFL was saying that training camps would be, they would take it down to 80 players versus 90, typically. So, like, it's interesting because, like, obviously they're trying to limit the amount of contact players are having with each other. But on the other hand, what do you do if someone, if, if, it, if you do get a COVID breakout and you only had 80 people on, on your training camp team? Like, the whole thing, for football specifically, is interesting to me because – you can wipe out an entire position that like can't really be replaced in a sense. And then do you bring someone in from the outside? Like how, like are the people that don't make rosters for the NFL, are they going to just be quarantined for the full NFL season? Because you can't have someone come in from the outside that could potentially have COVID impact. Like, I don't know, like the whole thing is just very, very interesting. And, and, it actually reminds me a lot of like what's happening with schools and how they're going to manage going back to schools, groups mm. of kids, if anyone gets the the disease. I mean, yeah, I, I just feel like to your point, they had five months to figure it out. They clearly thought it was just going to disappear and go away. Mm-hmm. Uh, that isn't happening. So now it's almost like a hurry up offense and we're just going to throw spaghetti to a wall and see what sticks. Just That's great. That's perfect for a billion dollar <laughs> company. So let's talk about a couple of players, you guys. Uh, so David Njoku and uh, Mac Wilson uh, has been top of mind for whatever reason on Twitter. We know David Njoku a couple of weeks ago requested a trade, wants out of Cleveland, and then he posted a tweet. Um, was this yesterday, you guys, or was this Sunday? 
Keep me honest today. here. Was it today? I think it was this morning. I want to say it was this morning. Okay. I'm so, losing track of days, but I'm pretty sure it was this morning. Yeah, what day is it? It's Wednesday. That. No, it's Tuesday. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, so anyway, in, in this tweet, he was talking about how much he loves Cleveland and um, going on about how he has love for the city. And I was texting Meredith and Brittany earlier today just saying, like, man, like, Browns fans are, like, really insufferable because – they're mad at Najoku for requesting a trade out. But then today I saw some Mac Wilson slander on my timeline. I'm not about to have that. And Caitlin, I think you were part of this. I, was so I need to know. It. I need to know what is going on. With, why does everyone hate Mac Wilson? I, I, I just think like, okay. Tell me. He went from being underrate, an underrated fifth round pick to now the most overrated player on the Browns. Why? Why is he overrated? Why, why is he over? Did you watch him play last year? I mean, I get it. I get it. I get it. You know, uh, we're going to blame everything. Everything is Freddie Kitchens' fault. Yeah. Um, All uh, Freddie Kitchens' fault. Freddie Kitchens. All right. But Steve Wilkes' de- defense, that was awful last year. I could, t- I say that the defense was way worse than the offense because. I mean, you, you lose games to, to Denver against a backup quarterback. You had a giant lead against Seattle. You know, you get just walloped by San Francisco. You lose to Duck Hodges, really? A guy named Duck Hodges you oh. lose to? Can like, we not come on. Well, that's what I mean. I'm sad. But then you actually watch him. And it's like, okay, he at times he looked lost like any other rookie. But it's like we've seen him play well in the preseason, and that's the preseason. And we also, I mean, like – I think he saw the love that, like, Christian Kirksey got all the time, mm. talking on social media and being tagged in a lot of things. And I think, you know, he just wants to be loved, which is fine, which is great. But I just don't – he's not the best linebacker in the room. And I just – like, right now, he's pretty overrated. I'm not, I'm not putting all my eggs in the, in the Mac Wilson basket. I think, I think Phillips, I think he, he's, he'll be fine. Uh, I think Taki Taki played way better in the the more limited time that he played last year. Um, but yeah, that that's really it. It's just like, and I so, get it. People want to support their guy and support people, players who support Cleveland. And I'm all about that. But like, come on, like, let's just, let's just keep it 100. Let's just keep it real. He went from being an underrated fifth round pick to being an overrated fifth round pick. It's like, how does that happen? Who do you think is our best linebacker? Probably. Um, Man, do we have not, one? We that's are, like that's the like linebacker where, is so like it is awful. That's like, where I'm at. at I'd, I'd rather I'd say that the that that Phillips, the third round pick, is our best linebacker right now. Wow, Ooh, man, that that actually worse. that's actually frightening though. Like to think about that of having a rookie be be our best linebacker. Be our best linebacker. I mean, <laughs> yeah. like it, it's true. Like this is the one position that we've constantly talked about, like from the draft and post draft, that we. Like that is where we feel like we have the biggest void, and that is not not a place where you want to have a void in your defense. Man, yeah, I you, now Caitlin, Mac yeah. Mac fan here, yeah, <laughs> and it's mostly because like you know it's hard for me to not like somebody or not cheer for somebody who seems to like genuinely love the city so much. Like he just seems to love it here. So I look at that and I'm like, yes, I really want you to succeed. So keeping that in mind. What kind of expectations do you have for him going into this season? Do you think there will be improvements? Do you think you I mean, know, now that Wilkes is gone, like maybe things will? I mean, you, I mean, you always hope that you know guys develop, and I don't see why he wouldn't. But it's just like everything that people are like hyping him up about is isn't his play on the field, and that's okay. where he becomes overrated because it's just like, well, how did you play last year? He didn't play at times he played fine at other times he looked lost like any other rookie mm-hmm. so why are we putting all of our eggs in this mac wilson basket where i mean maybe there was a reason why he slipped to the fifth round was there something that happened that i missed that this all like took place today no i think people just think he's corny and that's okay. oh i love the corniness <laughs> give mean, me all the corniness i'm just keeping it real i'm just keeping it real yeah, I, I was wondering, like, it wasn't just from you, Caitlin. It was like, I saw, like, multiple people, like, slandering Matt oh, Wilson. Yeah. And I was like, man, we're going to kill David Njoku for requesting a trade and also slander a guy that loves Cleveland and wants to be here. <laughs> right? We are insufferable. 
Oh, without a doubt. Like, please, Bronson. Like, we're idiots. Like, let's just like let's just be honest about it. But it's also like, like, let's be for real. Like, you know, you see, David Njoku wants out. All right, bye. Like, go. Like, can I defend David Njoku? Go ahead, because I'm gonna. I have. I have a. I have a retort for you, Meredith. Okay, so, so we have seen this before from a Drew Rosenhaus represented player by the mm-hmm. name of Duke Johnson. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the differences is that Duke Johnson didn't necessarily request a trade, but he came out and said that, oh, I heard my name was on the trade block. And it's like, dude, there's no such thing as a trade block in the NFL, but okay. Um, so Duke was the one who was coming out and saying that they want to trade me. I want to be traded. Right. But when the Njoku news came out, first off, it came out on like July 4th, which is like a weird time for that to come out. But it was Drew Rosenhaus who was saying it. And the reason I'm going to defend Njoku on this is because I don't know that he necessarily wanted a trade. I think that he was getting bad advice from an agent who wants a lot of money because I'm sure Rosenhaus was looking at this Browns roster, looking at Austin Hooper coming in as our number one tight end and saying, okay, well, if Austin Hooper is here and he's a better tight end than David Njoku is, my guy isn't going to get paid. My guy isn't going to be starting. And he probably is like, well, Kevin Stefanski runs two tight ends, so we're going to need depth at the tight end position. So I don't know why you'd want to get your guy out of there. Because even after that announcement came out, the Browns were like, no, we don't want to trade Njoku. We want him. Like, I'm sure, I think Kevin Stefanski has a very specific role in mind for David Njoku. And I think the whole him wanting to get traded was really just Drew Rosenhaus speaking for him. And I think it was just a young kid taking bad advice from a guy who is more concerned about his paycheck. You know, because he's probably thinking that David Njoku can go somewhere else and be the number one tight end and get a bigger paycheck. And if Njoku gets a bigger paycheck, then Drew Rosenhaus gets a bigger paycheck, you know? So I think that's really where a lot of it came out. And I think in the past week or so, Njoku probably realized like, hey, wait a second. And I'm sure the Browns have talked to him too and said, hey, these are our plans. This is where you fit into our offensive scheme. And he's looking at that and saying, okay, I can, I can deal with that. I like that. So he's, that's probably why he's trying to change the narrative by yeah. tweeting about how much he loves Cleveland. So I don't, I don't think that he necessarily wanted to trade. Maybe he did at some point because he was convinced of it, but I I don't think that this was coming from him. So I mean yeah, I, think I, don't, te- I think it's telling when when you know the Browns exercise that fifth year option on him when I think we all kind of were like, uh, is this are they gonna do this? I mean at seven I think it's like seven point five million dollars. I mean that's that's a significant contract for a team that really only has a couple more years of, of uh you know, of being able to afford yep. uh, big contracts until you, you know, obviously they signed Miles Garrett, but eventually, you know, like I, I talked about on my podcast, you know, Denzel Ward and Baker Mayfield, yep. and it's just like, it's coming up. So, Nick Chubb. yeah, potentially Nick Chubb. Yeah. Depending on so it's, how you value him. Yeah, exactly. So I, I have to jump in with some of the comments because people are, the comments are blowing up with like a lot of really great conversation. Um, going back to linebacker position, um, at Doug Tyak, I'm probably butchering your name, um, said, in a division where they play the Ravens twice, I really wish they would have upgraded the linebacking core. And that is a very good point because mm-hmm. if you think about the offensive that the Browns are going to face, you have Lamar Jackson and a very run-heavy offense that they're going to face two times a year in the division. You have Joe mm-hmm. Burrow, which we don't know what we're going to get out of Joe Burrow in Cincinnati, but you have to think that could potentially be an explosive offense depending on how well he plays. And then you have Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers who obviously he, he's a Super Bowl winning quarterback. You can't count him out, unfortunately, as much as we want to. Uh, But you have to think like from a defensive standpoint, like we have to be able to compete and stop the divisional offensive powerhouses or on the flip side, we're going to be in some shootouts and have to win by a field goal or a touchdown. And, and that is not where the Browns have been their best. So man, I, I'm like sweating. I'm already. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, think, I think schematically how the, the NFL is though, that, I mean, you really only play two linebackers at a time. Anyway, you're yeah. always in nickel or dime with multiple defensive backs. And I think that's why I think in theory last year at work with Steve, 
you, you would think it would work with Steve Wilkes because, you know, he, he was all about having three safeties on the field, but it's just like, number one, the quality of just schematically, it wasn't great. And then, you know, the, the quality of player, I think in the secondary is better. So if they do run, you know, multiple safeties with uh, Carl Joseph and uh, uh, Sadejo and, you know, yeah. uh, Grant Telford. So I, I think, I think it's, um, I, I don't think it's a huge deal because I think the Eagles have shown that, you don't need great linebacker play as long as you have a, a great front four and a, and a solid secondary. Um, but yeah, you know, going up against Lamar Jackson twice a year, it's, it's not great. You, you want some sure tacklers. And obviously last year that, that didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. We have to be, we have to stay healthy, stay healthy and get, stay out of trouble. You know, like miles Garrett, not being there that back half of the year, like really, really did a number on the defense. All right, guys, we're going to shift gear into baseball a little bit because baseball is back, kind of. Um, obviously, the official season kicks off this weekend. Uh, did you guys get a chance to catch the Cleveland – what are we calling them? The Clouds. The baseball club, the Spiders. Cleveland Baseball Club. That's what I put in the rundown. I, I, yeah, I, I ignored that. I'm, I'm just kidding. Oh, God. I, yeah, I watched, I watched the first game – on Saturday night and I didn't realize this because I, I have a streaming service that I watched it on but apparently like it was an issue on cable where it wasn't showing up um but yeah it was it was fun it was exciting to see a real American sport being played on American soil um and one of the things that I thought was really cool uh, I guess there's um apartment buildings or something like that that's in Pittsburgh that has a clear view of PNC Park and they showed these people there it was like four or five people that had like more snacks than Aww. like a Jenna party would have and they're just like up on the top of the building with binoculars watching love the, the Indians and the Pirates and it was so heartwarming because people were just it, yeah it was an exhibition game and it was really slow to start out with and there was a lot of weird things to get used to like the fake crowd noise, the empty stands. Um, Terry Francona needs to learn how to wear his mask because that was bothering me. It still <laughs> me. But overall, it was just, it was really, really exciting to see it. And then you just have to hope that people stay healthy and things, nothing happens that would cause it to shut down. Now, was this broadcast on, I know the, the game in Pittsburgh was not on Sports Time Ohio. Was it on MLB Network or MLB yeah. TV? Uh, both. Okay. So like, and it was blacked out in local areas, correct? Yeah. Parts of it were blacked out. Like I know, and this isn't one of the things that pisses me off is that MLB TV does have regional blackouts, uh -huh. um, which is ridiculous. So like, yeah. I didn't, I couldn't see it on, on my, so I have YouTube TV and it was on the MLB network, but I couldn't watch it because it was blacked out. But I think people in Cleveland could watch. I don't know. I was really frustrated that I couldn't watch it at all. And then it wasn't on, I couldn't watch it last night either. Um, so yeah, I got to watch zero baseball this weekend. So great way to capitalize on uh, a time when there are literally no sports happening and you would have all of the eyes solely right. on you. No, like that was super disappointing because when I read that, I saw people complaining that it was blacked out and they couldn't get it. And I'm like, you know, again, Major League Baseball, they have an opportunity to capitalize on this, say, hey, we literally, we are the only ones on the stage right now. Yes. And you do things like that. Like, just it's all the little tiny small things that Major League Baseball does. And you're just like, oh my God, like, can you please just do something right? And that made me mad. Um, I didn't watch because I just, I was, <laughs> I was watching Parks and Rec for like the sixth time. <laughs> <laughs> But like, I just had no interest. I was, you know, scrolling through Twitter when it was happening. So I was getting like updates. I saw Frankie make a really great play. That was awesome. Um, I saw at the end when they did the the foot taps with the masks on. I was like, oh, that's cute. Um, yeah, I did like that. Yeah. But other than that, I was, it, there's nothing about this that gets me excited anymore. I'm very much looking forward to football. Very much looking forward to the NBA. I don't know. Baseball just kind of lost me. I don't know. Yeah, that's, that's fine. Like, I don't, you know, I'm not going to bash you for it because I'm sure there's a lot of people who are in the same boat as you are, mm -hmm. um, especially with how public all of the negotiations were between the Players Association and the league and just not being able to figure their shit out. And, you know, in, in a time when they could have been playing like 80 to 90 games six weeks ago, they yeah. flubbed and flubbed and flubbed. And now we've got 
60 games. So I can understand where that frustration comes from. And I know that there, there are some people who, I'm, I'm trying to think of like how I want to say this because I know at least for like the NBA, I know a lot of people who aren't interested in watching it because the Cavs aren't in it. Mm-hmm. But then I'm sitting there thinking like, well, we haven't had like live sports as we know it since March 13th. So you might say that now, but then when NBA TV shows the Mavericks and the Lakers exhibition game on Thursday, like you might, you might start tuning in. It just, it could be one of those things where you're like, I I don't like, you can't even control your hands. It's just turning on the TV and turning on the basketball game. And next thing you know, you're watching like shitty basketball between Dallas and LA. Yeah. I was watching shitty basketball before they went on lockdown. So, you know, (laughs) I don't see it as any difference. (laughs) Well, hey, Colin Sexton was like the MVP of the NBA okay. before. <laughs> <laughs> he was. I gotta admit that I'm I'm in that same boat when it comes to the NBA because like there's no Cavs like I just don't care. You don't I, care? No, not. I I not love the NBA. Yeah. I I usually do too, but it's just like I just I can't. I can't. you don't want to watch LeBron no, make his comeback? I don't want him, don't want him to win. You don't? About? No, he left twice. I know. I'm like, but, but 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 I'm super excited about baseball because I just I just love baseball. So it's just like, and anything, whether it's the Indians, whether it's any basically any team, I'm I'm all about it. See, Caitlin, for some reason, I thought you were like me with baseball. We're like you love it, but then you also hate it. I I hate the like the politics around it and like them changing rules and uh-huh. shit like that. But like the actual game, I, I I'll sit and listen to hammy go off about whatever rant in the eighth inning when they're up like <laughs> nine to three like those are the best like those are the those those are the best now I don't I don't watch the games because I'm not a big fan of the broadcast but you know it is what it is I, I love listening to the hammy though and yeah hammy's the best I do there is like something summertime and having the Indians on on the radio just perfect. is my childhood like that is what I grew up like we had a swimming pool in my parent at my parents house so I grew up like in the swimming pool my dad got his radio out put it by the pool the Indians <laughs> were blasting uh so it's been a weird summer thus far like without having any baseball on the radio station so I am looking forward to that and like my dad always asking like at night did the Indians win tonight <laughs> like that is just like I, I do I do miss that it's, but I think it's more like sentimental for me yeah uh, Brittany, you have to cover – so there are a couple of things that I actually am not caught up on, um, and that is – well, first, I did actually see this. wanted to give a shout-out to the San Francisco Giants because props to them. Yeah. Um, first female coach um, coaching her ass off on the first base um, – as a first base coach. Um, that was mm-hmm. awesome to see. Um, don't read the comments. Like, again, like, come on, people. <laughs> like, come on. Um, but really, really happy to see that. Um, hope we continue to see things like that happening. Um, and Brittany, I wanted you to touch on like the players, um, MLB players specifically kneeling for the anthem, because I don't think this has happened in baseball, uh, as much as it has in NFL. I don't know that I, well, okay. I think a few, there were a few instances where it did happen in major league baseball before, but, um, yes, I think it was yesterday. And again, it was with the giants. Um, a lot of their players, and I want to say their manager or like some of their coaches, they also kneeled for the national anthem. And of course, you know, as you would expect, there was a backlash from the fans. Uh, Meredith, you said Aubrey. Huff. I don't follow Aubrey Huff. I don't even look at anything that he does. But you said yeah, that he, he, yeah, he he lost his mind. Yes, and there. Uh, was, I mean, he lost was, his mind a while ago, but it was trending <laughs> yesterday to boycott Major League Baseball, and oh, I think no. he had something to do with it. Um, I know there were a lot of fans that were upset. Uh, I saw. I don't want to get political, but I saw president say yeah, something about I, I did see that yes uh if you i don't support people who don't stand for the national anthem but you know all that so um now baseball is getting in the conversation with all the the politicalness oh yeah like the actual like the actual like mlb twitter account was clapping back which was they amazing. were they were yeah. they, when people would make comments then they they would respond with supporting human rights is not political which i think is just great Yes. I mean, in all yes. fairness, like that is just <laughs> the truth. So 
uh, wow. Um, no, I, I, that actually makes me happy because I do feel like we've talked about this before, but with the MLB players are not well known. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like they don't really have platforms as much as we might know our own team or you follow your own team. A, a lot of casual baseball fans don't really follow or know other players outside of their own. So I do like that they are taking a stance of listening to their players, supporting their players, um, yes. much along the lines of how the NBA uh, treats their players. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I hope, and, and that's kind of what I sense in the NFL too, like this movement kind of shifting to be players having more power and more say in things, um, mm-hmm. which I think is good because we are growing up in a different generation. Um, and And kids that are watching sports now – this is what they want out of their sports. Like they want it to be more than just playing the game. Like they, they are following along these players. They look up to them. Um, and these players like can make a really big impact. So I'm, I'm happy to see things going this route and for all the right reasons. I'm just glad like most teams are just, they're, they're unified. It's not like, yes, you know, uh, I think a few years ago with, with the Steelers and Villanova, yes. there was that issue. Um, I think that there was a guy in the MLB, Bruce Maxwell, I think was his name, that he he knelt, but it, like, literally, like, two months later, he, like, assaulted some lady, and it's just, like, kind of dampering, like, why yeah. he did it, and it's just, like, I, I'm just glad that, you know, with the Indians, that they, they have, like, the, I think they're the hand over their heart, and then the hand, their other hand on, like, the, the player next to them, uh, their shoulder. Yes, yes. So, it, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm all about people supporting or, you know, using their first amendment to, to do whatever that they, that they want to do, number one. But I'm also super glad that it, that everybody's unified as, as individual teams that, you know, there's no, well, why, why did this person set out? And then it makes it even a bigger issue. It's like, you know, Mm -hmm. we're, we're all in this together. It's either all or none. And, you know, it's just, it's, it's just great to see in my opinion. Yeah. Yes. I agree. Yeah. And my favorite thing was the response from MLB, like you said, saying this is not a political issue because people keep trying to politicize yeah, to it, it and then saying, oh, keep the politics out of my sports. But, you know, the, the reality is, is that politics and sports intertwined. You know, you can't have sports in a bubble and politics in a bubble. It just doesn't work like that. Um, you know, the only way it would work like that is if sports were just robots and not people, you know. so. Um, I, I just, I, I love that Major League Baseball came out and said, like, no, this is not a political issue. This is a human rights issue. So it's just, yeah. I saw Jenna comment in the, um, in the Periscope that the MLB Twitter account has been elite. And yes, like, they have. Yeah. That's the thing. You can't take, you can't, like, these athletes are humans, too. And a lot of them are Black players or Hispanic players or have experienced some type of racism in their lifetime. So like, there are no better people to discuss these issues and to bring light to it than themselves. So like, we have to stop thinking that athletes are just there for our entertainment. Like they are also humans and they should have voices. We should listen to them. 100%. I mean, I think going back to, you know, your, your point about sports and politics, I mean, they're obviously intertwined because, you know, you even, I mean, in Cleveland, the Jacobs Field and the Brown Stadium and, and, you know, Gondarina when it was built. I mean, it was built on a syntax. So, of course, like, it's it's part of – it's intertwined. You know, it's a, one of the reasons why the Browns left is because of the politics of yep. of Cleveland Municipal Stadium and, and Modell wanting a stadium and the, the city not wanting to give them one. You know, obviously, I'm not defending Modell at all, but it, there's a lot of different factors that, that result in, in certain things. So of course, sports and politics are always intertwined and, it, and like anything. Yeah, like imagine if people told you, like anyone, anyone listening to this, you can only talk about things that pertain to your job. Because at the end of the day, sports is just a job to these people. It's not yes. their entire mm-hmm. lives. They have lives beyond this. They have families, they have passions and interests that don't revolve around sports. So imagine if someone were to say to you, you know what, just shut up and do accounting. And don't ever put any, don't ever blast any opinions on anything else in life. Just stick to, you know, 
being an mm-hmm. engineer and that's yeah. all you know and that's all you're ever allowed to talk yeah. about. Hey, stick to it be like yeah stick to investment banking chad <laughs> yeah yeah and i mean like if if you if you can gain a, a popularity then then why wouldn't you use your your uh you know platform your platform exactly yeah. for for whatever cause you see fit exactly just like we are doing with our platforms each individually every single tuesday I mean, this, this is why we are doing what we're doing because we have a platform and we are going to use it to continue to talk about these things that are important to us, important to all of you, uh, while still being true to ourselves. Guys, I think we will wrap it up after this. It was, this is a really fun episode. I'm happy that we did this. I was in a, I was in a bad mood before coming on this show, but are I always you in a leave. Good mood now? Yeah. I always leave so much happier. So thank Aww. you to all of you, to you ladies, to all of our people on Periscope that are interacting. It was a great show tonight being in the chat room. Um, I have to make uh, more of a priority of responding because there's so much good stuff happening there. Caitlin, we thank you so much for joining us tonight. You guys that are listening or watching, make sure you go follow her. Um, she is, let me make sure I get this right, at Caitlin Knows Clee, but she is K-A-T-E-L-I-N. So Caitlin Knows Clee. Give her a follow. Listen to her podcast. Um, make sure you guys download us um, on Spotify, Apple iTunes, or Stitcher. Um, please rate, review, and subscribe. And we will see you again live next week. <laughs>